I don't have time to keep up with the latest fitness fads and celebrity workouts. I just need a fitness and nutrition plan that actually gets results. Caliber is a top-rated, science-based fitness program completely customized to my needs and abilities designed around my schedule. An expert personal trainer keeps me motivated so I stay consistent and see results. Get $100 off Caliber today at CaliberStrong.com podcast. That's CaliberStrong.com podcast. You're listening to the PRO Media Network, the next level in entertainment. Who that family? Check out the Pro Shop, the platform store, where you can go and buy all the latest merch to support the platform. Available at the Pro Shops, we have dozens of hundreds of products available for you and your family. Unisex tees for men and women, hoodies and sweatshirts, tank tops, kids and baby items, long sleeve tees, mugs, pillows, wall art, bath bedding, face masks, phone cases, stickers, bags, fanny packs, socks, hats, and many other items. Please feel free to check out the Pro Shops. The link is in the description section below. And remember, it helps the platform continue to grow. Check out the Pro Shop and who that to Radio in full effect, TS, TSC Radio, our Wednesday special, we in the building. Much love to the great Saint Thank Tank. And like I've been saying for some time now, welcome, welcome, welcome. You're now rocking with the Sports Coma with Big Q and the guys. But we have intense, entertaining, educating, and enlightening sport talk from your favorite sports family. I'm in the building. Big ups to the fam. Appreciate y'all. Join us in this episode of PS uh, TSC a pro radio as we get going on our Wednesday radio special. Much love to the fam. I appreciate each and every last one of y'all being in the live stream and fam. Like I've been saying, man, for some time, man, it feels good uh, to be talking to the family members in this one, man, as we're going to get going with this one, covering the latest news and notes today on the black and gold. Uh, we're going to go over quite a few shows uh, uh, articles uh, for the family members dealing with the black and gold. Uh, the injury report for this in this this week is coming up here and for Wednesday. And of course, we're going to talk about the Saints putting Mark Ingram on the C-19 list. It's already Wednesday. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about that. We're going to get cover the Jets and Saints injury report. We'll go over that as well. We'll also talk about uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Uh, what he's looking like. We'll also talk about poor Glenn Foster and news, the latest news on him as well. So a lot going on in the nation. Please feel free to hit the like button, family. If you hadn't hit the like button, please feel free 
the hit upon of the like button. Please feel free to subscribe to Pro Radio as we'll be doing these shows every. That's right. Every uh, I, I guess every Wednesday <laughs> we're going to be doing the Pro Network shows. You uh, kind of build up our uh, platform here that this is how we got started and uh, just kind of going back to our roots on this thing. So big ups to the fam, man. Uh, you can feel free. Uh, to hit the chat button. If you questions, concerns, or comments, please feel free to put them in the chat as well as we get going with this one. Now, what's interesting and intriguing about the whole dilemma dealing with the black and gold, of course, a lot of people in kind of cash put their chips in on the Saints and said, listen, black and gold's not going anywhere, man. Uh, they're five and seven right now. They're dead last in the NFC South. We're, uh, you know, we are uh, uh, headed toward the draft. A lot of frustrated family members uh, saying the same thing to me during the live streams. And I'm like, man, listen, we still got games left to play, fam. Anything can happen in this crazy NFL landscape. And I keep saying that, man, because we've seen some stuff before. Now, whether that'll happen this year, it's up for debate, baby. It's still up for discussion. We don't know how this thing is going. All we can do at this point. It's just patient, patiently go about our business and see what's going on. <laughs> That's all, pretty much all we can do as far as that to follow, see what the black and gold is going to do, man. I tell you, man, <laughs> uh, it's definitely uh, it's definitely a problematic season. I'm not going to tell you no different. But anyway, let's get into some of this news, man. We're coming straight from New Orleans Saints dot com. That's covering the John DeSacher on the Saints running back Mark Ingram placed on reserve on the C-19 list, along with Cam Jordan. So Cam and now Mark Ingram are placed on that list and safety Chauncey Gardner Johnson is designated return from IR. So it's good and bad news there as Mark Ingram uh, is placed on the C-19 list along with Cam. That's not really good news, but, you know, bad, uh, good news, but the really good news is the fact that we get Chauncey Gardner Johnson back at the cornerback at the uh, nickel position, which is we've been missing him. Now Saints running back Mark Ingram was placed on the reserve C-19 list Wednesday. Ingram's listed one of uh, several posted on NFL transaction wire for Saints five and seven who will play the Jets who are three and nine Sunday at MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Also for New Orleans defensive back Chauncey Gardner Johnson was designated to return from the injured reserve and guard James Carpenter and tackle Gerald Hawkins were added to the practice squad. So Carpenter, a former safety, I mean, a, a offensive lineman that played with the Seattle Seahawks. Saints trying to add a few people here to kind of steady that line. Now Ingram, the Saints all-time leader in rushes and rushing touchdowns, played the team's most recent game in the 27-17 to loss to Dallas back on December the 2nd. He becomes the second Saint to join the C-19 list this week. Cam Jordan was placed on it Monday. Now, Ingram, the Saints' second leading rusher, has 233 and a touchdown on 55 carries in five games with the Saints this season. And Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is poised to return to the field after missing the last four games. He last played November the 7th against the Atlanta Falcons. So, what's positive, if there is any, <laughs> to the whole dilemma is the fact that uh, we lose Cam and Ingram. Uh, Cam was on it Monday. It's probably possibly can come back. So we'll see how it all rounds out uh, in the end. But, you know, that's how it goes. Let's move into our injury report uh, dealing with here as we talk about the injury report news for Wednesday, uh, week 14, Saints and Jets, seven Saints listed on Wednesday's injury report. All right. New Orleans Saints players were listed on injury report for the team's week 14 game against the Jets. Yeah. Ramcheck, 
was with his knee situation. He was DMP'd again. Pete Werner had an elbow issue. He was DMP'd as well. Defensive end Marcus Davenport shoulder issue played. So that's a positive. Teron Armstead knee also was limited. Both Davenport and Armstead limited in action. Caden Ellis from a hamstring was limited. And Elvin Kamara, good to say, he finally had a full practice along with Mr. Taysom Hill fully practiced. But Taysom's dealing with that right finger situation as well. Now, going over to the Jets, the Jets got quite a few people on their list. Sheldon Rankus, the former Saint, uh, has a knee issue. He was DMP. Michael Carter, the cornerback, DMP. Uh, Tevin Coleman, the former Atlanta running back, is DMP with concussion. And, of course, you had guard uh, Darvin A. Tardif. He was DMP with ankle situation. Elijah Moore, the wide receiver uh, from Ole Miss, was DMP. Ryan Griffin, the tight end, was DMP. C.J. Mosley, the linebacker, was DMP. Trayvon Wesco was DMP as well, so a lot of injuries there. And limited was John Franklin Myers, the defensive lineman, linebacker. Uh, Hamsla Nasiridin, had, he was limited with a knee situation. And quarterback Zach Wilson had a knee issue. He fully practiced for the Jets. So uh, we have a few guys down, but the positives is that you did see Davenport back at practice, Armstead, Back in practice in a limited capacity. Elvin Kamara fully practiced. Taysom Hill fully practiced. So that's two of the Saints weapons that we seriously need to kind of move that thing along, man. We definitely need, to be honest with you, we really do need uh, some of those guys, some of our most dangerous or most electric players to come to play for the black and gold. Especially this week coming up against the Jets. Five and seven. Now, listen. The Saints lose this matchup, okay? If the Saints lose this matchup against the New York Jets, and I'm not saying they do. I'm saying if, if they lose. You know what that means? That means the Saints are done, man. Stick a fork in their ass. I'm just going to lay it straight out. If you can't beat the 3-9 and nine Jets, no disrespect to the Jets, but the Saints have more than enough weapons to be able to beat the Jets. Even the odds makers have the Saints beating the Jets as a five-and-a-half point favorite. Now, of course, that's enough to piss off the Jets, who eventually are going to want to come uh, try to bring it in the matchup. But at the end of the day, the reality is it's, it's just how it is in the NFL. The saints will have to step up and play ball. The bottom line, we got to handle business. That's just how we got to go. We got to handle business against this club. Stick a fork in them. If they can't beat the jets fam for real. And I know we banged up, but you get Elvin Kamara back. You have Taysom Hill there, Trevor Simeon. And it, we're hearing coach Payton, alluded in one of his press conferences or actually a teleconference call alluding to going back to Taysom. Perhaps I don't think coach Payton does that because of course we know uh, based on the injury that Taysom has, he can't completely grip the ball. It's on his, on his hand, his right hand, which is his throwing hand. So he can't grip the damn ball. So what purpose is it for him to be active as a quarterback? But I think this is just part of the, of the spear of mind games that coach Payton is kind of alluding to. Uh, to kind of throw the New York Jets staff off. Of course, uh, any sound, reasonable person knows that Coach Payton can't possibly go to Taysom Hill. He can't grip the damn ball. But he can act as a weapon to run as a running back or perhaps a wide receiver to catch the ball and make plays to help move the offense. Getting Elvin Kamara back in space definitely helps. Losing Ingram hurts a bit, but we do have Tony Jones Jr. there. Remember how the Saints looked early with Tony Jones and Elvin Kamara together. So that that was a, a, a pretty good look. Do the Saints didn't revisit that idea? Do they didn't go back to that idea? Do they go back to uh, Elvin Kamara and Tony Jones Jr.? Uh, if Ingram can't play, obvious, obviously that might be the move. But Cam Jordan is another interesting 
uh, person to this whole mixture as well. Being that Cam is out on the C-19 list, who's going to be the top Saints defender? Now, of course, Davenport played uh, practice today in limited capacity. And then, of course, the other side of it is Carl Granderson. But Coach Payton alluded to it uh, early in this week about them playing David on Yamada at the defensive end position. Saints are thin at the defensive line. A lot of the guys that are now there, the shy Tuttles, and we know Malcolm Roach is on the IR. Uh, but then you look at guys like uh, Shy Tuttle, you look at Joseph Bronson, uh, you look at Albert Huggins and guys like that, undrafted guys that have a high motor, but that are good in spurt action, you know, not full-time action. So hopefully those guys can step up their roles to elevate their level of pl- the play to help out the Saints line right now. And of course, uh, and like I've been alluding to this too for as many games, is that the Saints have to. I mean, they have to, really have to. They really have to start using some imagination in their defensive schemes. When you have the defensive line as banged up as they are, and even passing you is now out on the hour, as banged up as they are, you're going to have to use guys like Zach Bowen in roles outside of just special teams or a linebacker role. Now, of course, Pete Werder is banged up as well. He didn't practice with an elbow situation, so perhaps when it gets close to game time, if he's not good to go, it probably would help elevate Zach Bond to that position. But even with that being said, you still have to be able to use Zach Bond in the pass rush role. I mean, after all, he had double-digit sacks when he was at Wisconsin playing out of that role. And Saints ultimately said we won't see what he looks like as a stand-up linebacker dropping back into coverage and stuff like that. We're going to turn him into that, which is fine. But you also have to realize to utilize the strengths of these players. And I think that Zach Bowen is good. He needs to be on the defensive line, not all the time, but perhaps in certain uh, situations. Uh, he can be used as a situational pass rusher if Cam can't go. And you got a banged up Davenport Granderson. He needs to be in there. So I don't understand what Dennis Allen is doing with that. You need some pass rush ability. And Zach Bowen is a guy who can get to the pass rusher. So utilize him. He's 6'3", 245 pounds, something in that rain. He had a pretty good preseason and training camp. He was training with the Watts, uh, the Watt boys, JJ and TJ. What needs to happen now is let's see what he can do in that role. And I think that's a portion of what we're not seeing uh, from that offensive, that defensive imagination uh, from uh, defense. Discover a healthier, happier you with Veganuary 2024. Your health isn't just small potatoes. It's a big deal. So this January, you are invited to make a change that matters by trying Veganuary's 31-Day Vegan Challenge. Switching to a plant-based diet reduces your carbon footprint and makes a positive impact for animals. Every meal is a vote for the kind of world you want to create. Ready to make a change? Sign up today at Veganuary.com. Vote for veggies. Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. To coordinate Dennis Allen. So we have to be able to uh, kind of get that thing moved in the right direction. But once again, the Saints injury report for Wednesday, the first of the week. I have Ryan Ramchek is DMP, which is not good news with the knee. Pete Werner, who has outplayed Zach Bond, earned that other linebacker spot, is DMP with an elbow. 
And this is early on now, but Davenport, good news is that Davenport and Armstead, both of which we need those guys to contribute, especially if Cam's not there, Davenport is going to have to step into a role if Cam can't get back in time off the C-19 list. And, of, of course, Teron Armstead, as poorly as he's been playing this year, Teron Armstead is definitely helps there if his mind is right. So the Saints, hopefully, do they are they feeling any sense of urgency? That's the thing that I really, you know, want to know. Uh, are they feeling a sense of urgency here? That's the big question. Is the Saints feeling a sense of urgency uh, moving into the rest of the season? You got to, right? You got to be feeling some type of sense of urgency. You're sitting up here at five and seven. You're in an NFC South cellar underneath the Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers who just fired their offensive coordinator. You know, you've lost five straight contests. You haven't won a football game in over a month. The last time you won a football game was against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You've since have fall, fell, fall, fallen all the way to the five and seven, the five and six squads around those several teams. And it's a mishmash of talent there. So the Saints losing streak allowed them to fall all the way to sub 500, which now they have to fight back up to 500 to get to 770 to carry on. Only problem with that is the Saints have, you know, I ain't going to say look past the Jets here, but the next three games, the Saints have some pretty interesting competition. Of course, they got to go to the Jets and then, of course, the next matchup coming against Tampa Bay. And then you have a, a meeting with Miami. And then on the back end of the rest of the season, it's all part twos to the NFC South uh, squads where we play uh, guys like the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We got the Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers. So the Saints have to be able to all of which the Carolina Panthers, the only team uh, Carolina beat us early in the year. Uh, so did Atlanta. And of course, we have to if we want something, we're going to be kind of wrestling with the Carolinas and the Atlantas of the world to have an opportunity to go in as a wild card. So pretty much all of the flaws are all the errors the Saints had to give. They've given them over the last five weeks. There is no more room for error free football. In my account, the Saints to have a decent uh, 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 opportunity to be in the playoffs, the Saints going to have to go. Out of the five games, they're going to have to try to win all five or go four and one. That's the best bet. And hope that other teams ahead of you, uh, you, you, uh, you, you know, if they lose, may it be to one of these teams in the AFC, whether it's uh, we need to win against the Jets. But if it's a loss to the Dolphins, perhaps, and then you have to finish out against all of the other competition to have a shot. But really, ideally, which is kind of in the realm of fantasy, the kind of, but anything could happen, so to speak. If you take a look at, uh, what the Saints have over if they win out the next five games that definitely wakes up things the issue is that's a tall order to beat Tampa Bay and I'm not saying they can't be Atlanta Carolina these teams are struggling right now Miami's playing really good ball as well but the issue is Tampa Bay is the biggest of the block there the Saints will have to sweep Tampa Bay in their current state can they do that so I mean these are big questions in the black gold nation a lot of family members say hell no they can't do that Q <laughs> you know they can't do that shit man <laughs> they can't beat no uh carol uh, no tampa bay buccaneers and i'm like man where's your faith man where's your faith saints family members and well i guess uh the saints done lost it out of a lot of people and a lot of people kind of frustrated after watching the saints bottom out like what they've been doing so i'm not i can't really uh be too hard on the family members uh based on what we've been seeing in the last saints football man five straight disgusting losses i mean real terrible back ass losses Really terrible, garbage time, foolish, trash losses that we've seen happen 
and, and it's a shame, man. So the Saints got to get up off the ass and they got to put some better performances together, no doubt about it. Anyway, let's keep it moving, man, as we talked about the uh, injury list as well. But also, good news, like I said, Elvin Kamara need fully practiced. Uh, Taysom Hill had a right finger situation, but I don't think he's going to use it as a quarterback. We mentioned that about Davenport and Armstead being a living. But in addition to that, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who had a foot issue, is set to return from the IRR. He was spotted at Wednesday's practice, though it's unclear what his capacity is. His status won't be reflected on the injury report until he actually activated to the 53-man roster. So this is a positive to get Chauncey Gardner-Johnson back. So we kind of addition by subtraction. We lose Cam on Monday. Uh, actually, you lose uh, Deontay Harris to a three-game suspension. You lose Cam and Ingram to the C-19 list, but you get Chauncey Gardner-Johnson back. You get Marcus Davenport back in a limited capacity. You get Teron Armstead back a limited, perhaps tomorrow or later on in the week. We might get Ryan Ramchek back, depending on how bad or how severe his knee issue is as well. So, so we'll see. And, of course, like I said, the Saints added guard James Carpenter and tackle Gerard Hawkins. Uh, to the practice squad. So that's a bit of uh, news right there for the Saints uh, picking up uh, those guys as well. So, you know, let's go over that, man, because we knew eventually that the Saints would have to pick up some people there to kind of help uh, help them out in that situation. And and this could be a, a problem, a, you know, a, a decent move because re- in reality, man, we really needed that, man. You know, we really needed to get some, uh, we needed some help. You know, we need we need some help. We need some depth at the offensive line. And it's good to see they eventually they were able to do that. So uh, the Saints signed two offensive linemen to the practice squad after offensive line continues to battle the injury bug. And this is coming from NOLA.com. And the health of New Orleans Saints offensive line at this point, the season has prompted the team to sign two more veteran offensive linemen to the practice squad, guard James Carpenter and tackle Gerard Hawkins. Both of them were present at practice Wednesday. Carpenter is an Alabama product. Has played 128 games with 121 starts previously suiting up for the Seahawks, Jets, Atlanta, and Baltimore. He was most recently with the Ravens on their practice squad before they waived him in October. Now, Hawkins is an LSU product that was drafted by Pittsburgh back in 2016 and has since played 19 games with one start. Right tackle Ryan Ramchek participated in Wednesday's practice, signaling that he could be out for a you know, he didn't participate, signaling he might be out for another week. While left tackle Armstead was limited, both dealing with knee injuries, Armstead missed three of the last four in injuries, and Ramchak has been out for at least three weeks. On top of those injuries, two are of the injury reserve guard Andrews P sustaining a pictorial tear and put him out for the season. Rookie uh, offensive tackle Landon Young sustained a foot injury that ended his season against the Philadelphia Eagles. So the Saints continue. Uh, to try to fill in the gap and they get two veteran offensive linemen to come in to kind of help them out with this whole situation. So uh, Saints keep it moving, man. If they can get these guys on the right page, this is, I guess maybe this could have been done a little earlier. You know, we had, you know, we had kind of that Thursday day, but I guess you, we're doing the best we can do at this point, to be honest with you, fam, uh, with these injuries, man, to the offensive line. So you move in veteran offensive linemen and hope, that you can kind of dumb down the the game plan to make it a little bit better for those guys. So when they get an opportunity to get in there to play, you know, they'll have some type of success. So hopefully we won't have to get to that point where we uh, will, uh, you know, have to use those guys. So we'll see how it all looks, man, moving ahead. But my goodness, man, the injuries that keep happening to the New Orleans Saints, man, my goodness, man, it just, it just stinks. I'm telling you, man, it really stinks. And it is what it is, but, Injuries happen to us all, man. It's just how you deal with them will tell you 
about your level of success and what kind of level of success you will have because uh, most teams don't deal with it too well. The ones that do will have success and move and have deep playoff runs. So can we be that team? Over the last several seasons, we dealt with injuries pretty well, but this is something else. Saints, $61 million over projected 2022 NFL salary cap. Let's get into it. This one's from the Saints Wire with John Sigler. Good news, everyone. Multiple reports came out in recent days confirming that the 2022 NFL salary cap is expected to hit $208.2 million spending. Uh, ceiling previously agreed in light of, fl- of fluctuating profits due to the C-19 pandemic, the league and the players union agreed on a salary cap floor for 2020 and 2021, as well as a ceiling for 2022. And things are on track to meet it before a series of new media report contracts come in effect in 2023, prompting a real jump in the cap more in line than what we're used to. Now, that's going to carry some serious implications for the upcoming offseason, particularly teams like the Saints. New Orleans is currently projected to start the spring over the cap by over $60 million. That's right. More than any other team, but light work compared to the $101 million maintained the, the, the mountain the team had the following this year. Still, some tough decisions are in store for navigating. Here's your roadmap for how the Saints can reach cap compliance. So once again, $100 million last year and then $60 million, 61 to be precise this year. Uh, with the Saints dealing with monetarily speaking. So when people ask the question, yo, Q, why are we not doing this? Why are we not doing that? Why are we not doing this? And why are we not doing that? It's simple. You don't have no damn money. That's the bottom line. You don't have enough money to operate and do what you really want to do. So, I mean, this explains it all. But let's talk about it. A number of high-profile play, uh, injuries and off-season departures have racked up dead money and reserve totals for the Saints this year. A lump in the excess of $45 million in money tied up with players that's no longer on the team. Who, pray tell? $11.15 million of dead money for Drew Brees. Jack Rabbit, $7.2 million. Emmanuel Sanders, $4.1 million, all of which we can use all those guys, but right now I'm with me. Sheldon Rankins, $4 million, is already on there, plus, and, but another $29 million is sidelined by injuries to big names such as Mike Thomas, $10 million. Andrews Pete, $5.6 million. Will Lutz almost three million, Jameis two point five, and Peyton Turner at two twenty seven. In other words, seventy four million of the one hundred and eighty four million the Saints were allowed to spend this year, which is just north of forty percent, have been unavailable. So it's no surprise that New Orleans is under the cap by just a hundred thousand dollars, eight hundred, excuse me, about eight hundred G's. So they have to pinch their pennies tight and work around the clock to find more resources. The fact that they were competitive at all this year is remarkable. A new downside, though, it is the Saints will have little to no use cap space to roll over into the new fiscal year. As far as the dead money situation looks like in 2022 right now, the Saints are on the hook for over $12.4 million in accounting for the for, for former players. Almost all of that is the final hurdle left for Breeze's retirement, which is the $11.5 million, which he's owed. And another 850 grand left over from Latavius Murray's release, going from 24.4% to 6% over your cap commitments being tied to players no longer on the team is a game changer, though that number will inevitably go back up once various roster moves and free agency decisions are completed. So who could be guys uh, who are eligible for restructurings? Well, we know about Laddie Daddy signed his contract, but that won't stop the Saints from looking at him as a possible restructure. We'll start with the biggest cap put, uh, hit on the books for next season. Lattimore's September contract extension was earmarked for a restructure in 2022, converting his $15 million roster bonus 
and most of his 9.1 million base salary into a new signing bonus to yield over 18.4 million in cap savings. So he goes from a team leading 27.4 million cap hit to to which is 13.19 percent of his established salary cap ceiling to a relatively modest nine million dollars, just four point three two percentage of the cap ceiling. So that's a savings up to about eighteen point four million if they restructure it in that way. Who's the next guy? Of course, Ryan Ramchek, who also just signed an extension. Like Lattimore, the, the deal Ramchek signed late in the summer included a sizable roster bonus of eight point five million and a very high base salary of ten point five million for twenty twenty two. Both of which will be likely be folded up and spread out through a restructure that will lower his cap hit from twenty two point eight million, third highest on the team, all the way down to eight point four million, and cut the the percent of cap commitments tied to him from ten point ninety five percent to about four percent. These two restructures with Lattimore and Ramchek are enough to get the Saints from 61 million in the hole to just 28.3 million in the red. So you, the Ramchek restructures uh, savings up to 14.3 million. Who's next? Of course, Taysom Hill. Notice a trend. Like other recent contract extensions the Saints have given out, Hill's deal included a roster bonus in 2022 that will probably be converted into a signing bonus cutting his cap by $7.2 million. Now, the Saints are still on the hook for $5.1 million, but that's far more manageable and leaves them over the cap ceiling by $21.1 million. So it's a savings of seven points. Discover a healthier, happier you with Veganuary 2024. Your health isn't just small potatoes, it's a big deal. So this January, you are invited to make a change that matters by trying Veganuary's 31-Day Vegan Challenge. Switching to a plant-based diet reduces your carbon footprint and makes a positive impact for animals. Every meal is a vote for the kind of world you want to create. Ready to make a change? Sign up today at Veganuary.com. Vote for veggies. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Montesum's restructured deal. Of course, Elvin Kamara got got to be there some way. The Saints have touched Kamara's contract in 22 haven't touched it in 2021 but that should change in 2022 the percentage of the cap committed to him nearly triples in the space of a year a maximum restructure could lower his 2022 cap hit from 14 and a half mil to 6.6 million create enough savings to get New Orleans down to about 13.2 million over the cap which is just under 8 million in cap savings for Kamara's restructuring for the upcoming year who's left how about Andrews Pete? It's possible the Saints could instead look to trade Pete after June 1st 
of next year. Doing so saves about $11 million, but another restructure feels more likely. That's been a strategy with him so far. It would yield about $6.5 million in savings, while Pete has underperformed and missed time with injuries. Cutting him isn't an option. It would cost New Orleans an additional $9.2 million if done before June 1st and only help them break even if done afterwards. A pre-June 1st trade would create a $1.65 million in savings while leaving about almost $14 million on the books, which is unacceptable. So another restructure is, is the move here, and they could get the Saints down to just under $7 million over the cap without losing any players. David Onyemata's extension. Onyemata has been... Uh, hasn't been as effective in the past since returning from a six-game PED suspension, but he's still the best defensive tackle the Saints have, and extending his contract is no-brainer. It gives him an opportunity to shave his cap hit from $13.1 million down to about $6 million, putting them over the cap by a little more than 800 Gs, and they still haven't cut anyone. So these are just restructurings of some of the highest contracts on the team of some of their most uh, young and uh, productive players. And, of course, Marcus Davenport is a candidate for a potential extension. People are like, nah, nah, we don't want to do that. But, you know, let's see what Coach Payton do. Two highly paid Saints players we haven't discussed are Cam Jordan, 22.6 million cap hit in 2022, and Mike Thomas is 24.7 million, and it's almost time to get to that. I just wanted to take the opportunity to first show how the Saints can get under the cap without losing either player. And Davenport has been the best defensive lineman on the team when he's been healthy this year. And the Saints would be smart to sign him to an extension before he, I don't know, he plays a full season in 2022 and he sees his, his value skyrocket much like Trey Henderson did. A good model would be Josh uh, Sweat. He had the three-year deal worth $40 million with almost $27 million guaranteed. If Davenport is up for signing a similar deal, the Saints keep him in the fold at what may be proved to be a below-value market in a year or two and his restructure, his fifth-year option payout to create about $7 million in cap savings for the 2022 season. That gets the team under the cap, expresses confidence in the players who fought through a lot of adversity, and might also put the finishing touch on the Jordan replacement plan. A restructure can also possible get also possible, but it saves a similar amount of about $6.4 million and still leaves Davenport as a free agent in 2023. It saves up to almost $7 million. Bradley Roby who we picked up. I'll start off the bat by saying it's more likely Roby's release and maybe later resign just like Quine Alexander was, but let's look at the numbers. Cutting or tra- trading Roby before June 1st of next year saves about $9.4 million and $10 million flat after that day. A restructuring with a maximum number of ghost years saves $7 million, but a real extension could yield as much as $7.1 million in savings. He's worth keeping around if the difference in savings comes down to a 2.3 a million between cutting or extending him and he's played well enough to hang on at the right price. He's a better dime than PJ Williams. He could continue to push Paulson to depot for his starting job. If his legs don't slow down, he turns 30 next year. In this scenario, we extend his contract and keep the secondary a strength of the team. After all these moves and no cuts, we're only down, we're down to 195.1 million in cap commitments with more salary cap maneuvers available. Let's keep going, baby. Because now we get to the big fish in the pine. We get to the big fish in the pine, baby. We get to the big ones. All right, so the next one to talk about, Mike Thomas is the next dude to talk about for the restructure plan. Straight up cutting Thomas is out of the question. So before the June 1st, 2022 cut would save about $2 million 
while waiting until after that date would yield about $16 million. That comes after Fragerson, after the draft. At that point, with Thomas would be a real factor in team construction, even if he's been frustrating, a frustrating talent to imagine. Uh, manage even if the decision is put the surgery back fi- fired all involved behind them the Saints are better off together with Mike Thomas they both know that so still if they if the team could trade him after June 1st deadline and save the 16 million against the cap while getting something back for him but that doesn't feel likely given how critical the absence proved to be to the receiving core this year Look for Thomas and the Saints to huddle up settle their difference in attack in 2022 and a restructure would do a lot to help lower his $24.7 million cap hit, which ranks second highest on the team. Restructuring a big chunk of that base salary into a new signing bonus would create almost $10 million in savings and free up resources to spend elsewhere like finding him a quality number two receiver along, to work alongside of him. And in this scenario, the Saints get down to about $85.5 in cap commitments and about almost $23 million under the cap. So, you know, that's what they're looking at with all of these various restructures. And finally, Cam Jordan restructure or trade. What do you do with Cam? This might be the toughest decision the Saints make in the offseason. Jordan is the longest tenured player on the team with the second most sacks in franchise history. He's been voted a defensive captain as a fixture in the locker room, but his play has continued to regress in recent years. And his current value, it's time to consider moving on. I don't agree with the writer on this, but don't expect anything to happen prior to June 1st. Uh, releasing or trading Jordan before that date yields only only minuscule savings, 1.2 million in savings while waiting frees up to 14 and a half million. That could be put towards extensions with younger players, and the trade makes more sense because Jordan would be welcome knowing nearly every defensive line around the league. But if the Saints can't afford a good trade offer in return, they could cut him and let him choose his own landing spot. With a departure feels likely in spring, we wouldn't rule out a reworked contract. A restructure saves about $8.5 million and keeps Jordan on the team for another year or two. He's a consistent producer. And by restructuring, which is not a trade, it's not a release, not trading, but a restructuring of Cam's money will help the team. I don't. I think Cam finished his entire career as a New Orleans Saints player. That's what I, that's what I think will happen with Cam Jordan. Uh, you know, I, he's been here. He's been a stable quarterback fixture here i don't see cam jordan going to goddamn place you know people always throwing that crap about cam and we need to get rid of cam and all this cam's double team a lot yeah he hasn't been as productive as we would like to see over the last several years but still in all cam is still the best defensive lineman you have and if you get rid of cam jordan who you replace him with davenport who can't play a full season pete werner i mean uh uh peyton turner who's similar straights to davenport in his first year who do you replace them with? You go out and try to find somebody else? No, you don't have any viable replacements right now because none of the guys that you have that were drafted to replace Cam Jordan can actually replace them. What is that thing about your best ability? Remember that? Your best ability is what? Availability? Well, Cam's been every bit of that. That's why Cam gets paid the money. He's there. And even though, and it's not like Cam's wasting his time. You know, Cam Jordan has doubled every damn play, right? And that's not an excuse. But still in all, the Saints have to use their imagination defensively to give to give Jordan an opportunity to have easier matchups. We've talked about stunting him, moving him around. Like, remember how the Texans used to do with J.J. Watt when he was there, how they would move him from side and had they just be uh, just a, an amoeba of a, a defensive line, moving guys all around, creating confusion for the offensive line pre-snaps. Remember that? The Saints have to get more imaginative on how they use some of these players. We talked about Zach Bond. Cam Jordan is the same way. Use Cam Jordan. Move him around on the defensive line. Why don't you? Create some confusion. 
you know, he, he could play inside and out, move him around, you know, moving on, move him on top of the weak offensive tackle out there, you know, move. That's the thing. We need some more imagination, defensively speaking, man. That's what it takes here. That's what it really takes. Not all this other stuff about consistently just leaving them lined up there. No, we need to use some brains here, man, to create more better opportunities for guys like that to do what they got to do. But I'm against releasing Cam Jordan. I mean, you don't have a viable replacement for him, and that's a, that's a good enough uh, you know, reason right there. How are you going to release your longest tenured player for guys that can't even prove they can play full season? This doesn't make any sense. Of course, the potential restructuring of Malcolm Jenkins, who's getting up in age, there have been some snaps where he's shown his age, but Jenkins has played significantly better in 2021 than he did in 2022. I mean, in 2020, return to the Saints unless he really falls off the cliff in the final weeks of the season. He should be back in 2022 and restructure makes sense, the most sense, that will create a little more over $3 million in cap space, which is comparable to the savings, cutting him outright, which would be like $4 million. 800,000 isn't worth losing a team captain and an important defender. If you keep Jenkins at the correct rate, I don't have a problem with keeping Malcolm Jenkins because you're going to have to draft for safety to kind of learn the job underneath him. Wouldn't have a better uh, guy to learn as opposed to uh, special team safeties like JT Gray or Jeff Heath. The Saints really need to bring in a potential uh, safety there to back to come and learn the position underneath Malcolm Jenkins. And eventually Jenkins moves out of the way and he inherits the job. So right now, the Saints safety situation seems like it's feasible right now. But the reality is that it is not. Demario Davis, is he, he's a potential restructure too. Davis is in a similar spot to Jenkins as an agent defender on the defense with a cap hit around $11 million. And the considerations are the same. Releasing Davis isn't an option. So, I mean, that's ridiculous. A restructure makes the most sense in both parties. That frees up about $4 million. And Davis gets some job security. Pete Werner has played well enough next to him and might uh, might make Quine expendable, but you'd like to have another young linebacker ready to step up uh, once Davis calls it a career. That hasn't happened yet. So a $4 million in restructuring with, with him. And I'm for bringing Quine Alexander back uh, on a similar deal as what he had this past season. I think we can afford to do it, bring him back as well. Will Lutz is eligible for a restructuring as well. Uh, any speculation that the Saints could move on for Lutz and his big contract died when five, four of the five different kickers failed to fill in for him. <laughs> I'm telling you, Brett Meyer missing twice. Eldrick Rojas, Cody Parker, Brian Johnson have all struggled to bring any consistency to kicking game. Assuming Lutz makes a full recovery from core muscle surgery, the pro bowler should step in the lineup in 2022. A restructure would save uh, just over a million against the cap, which isn't much, but as the Saints have shown, every dollar counts. So, and that is true. And, of course, the 2022 free agents that the Saints have to think about coming into upcoming season. Marcus Williams still on the franchise tag of 2021. Do you tag him again and bring him back? Or do the Saints extend Marcus Williams? What do you think? A lot of people like Marcus Williams. They think he's eligible. They should, he should get the money. Some people feel, no, we can do better. It's kind of it's strange how that is. It's like almost, I'm going to say it's a 50-50 proposition between the uh, people that are for Marcus Williams versus the ones that are not. It's kind of strange how that all plays, to be honest with you. So, I mean, we'll see how it all moves going and shaking family. But, man, it's, it's, it's certainly a strange. Let's finish up on this one and then we'll move on to the next topic. All right. So with that being said, you, the other guys that's uh, still free agents is coming up. Teron Armstead. We know uh, that Saints are not going to bring him back unless he comes cheap. Uh, Jameis Winston's being that he's hurt. He can come back on a cheaper, more affordable deal that the Saints could use. 
if they really believe in Jameis the way they say. Same with Quan Alexander. I think Quan Alexander would definitely be a guy that you want to bring back as well on a cheaper deal. P.J. Williams, I think P.J. probably played his way into another contract with the black and gold. Traquan Smith, uh, who knows with Traquan Smith? I would have to say no to that. He, I mean, there's still five games left, but Traquan Smith has been a disappointment uh, in the black and gold uniform with few plays here or there. He has not been the guy that we anticipated he was supposed to be, and we've had four years of Traquan Smith. This is his final year in this contract, and I would have to say no to him. Dwayne Washington probably comes back for a cheap contract. Ty Montgomery possibly could. Heat the same way. All these guys are special team players that will work for cheap. Trevor Simeon the same way. Jalen Holmes, all these guys are the same way. And, of course, you have some restricted free agents, exclusive rights, restricted free agents like Juwan Johnson, who the Saints should bring back, Jalen Dalton, Deontay Harris, Carl Granderson, Shai Tuttle, Gary Griffin, and Nathan Greenwich, guys like that. Well, the exclusive rights free agents are Juwan Johnson, Jalen Dalton. And the restricted free agents of Deontay Harris, Granderson, Tuttle, Griffin, and Ethan Greenwich are the only guys. So, like I said, the Saints are $60-plus million over the cap starting next year, according to various numbers. And they have questions at the quarterback position. They do have a lot of draft capital. So, the black and gold dealing with a the, the restructurings galore will have to take place for the squad to be uh, competitive enough moving forward to be able to take care and do what they need to do. All right, let's move into our final topic, man, of this one. It's not a very sad, uh, sobering topic. It's about former Saints player attack inmate over socks before in-custody death record show. So let's get into it. New Orleans, uh, covered by WVA's reporting that new documents obtained by Fox 8 said that former New Orleans Saints player Glenn Foster attacked another inmate before dying in police custody. Foster was arrested on December the 5th in Pickens County, Alabama, on suspicion of simple assault and third degree robbery. The same day, court documents allege that Foster attacked another inmate in his sleep. The victim was asleep and Foster stood over him, attempting to steal his socks before repeatedly striking the victim to the chest, rib cage and abdomen area. The records say the man suffered multiple bone bruises and swelling in his chest as a result of Foster's attack. Officials say. He was transported to a hospital for treatment. It remains unclear what happened to the former Saints player between the time of the alleged attack and the time of death the next day at the medical facility in Northport, Alabama. So he attacks the inmate. So previous reports were kind of miss were trying to lead us in a direction that he got into a scrum or a fight with an inmate in the in the he could have sustained injuries. They didn't say that now. But they just allowed you to think that that he could injury sustained in a fight when an inmate could have ultimately led to his death. Now, of course, this is speculation by my part. Well, the inmate that he was fighting from, he was getting the best of him. Somebody had to come up in there and stop him from beating that inmate's ass. Right. Well, who was that? Had to be the jail people, the jail guards, the uh, the, the correctional officers. Let's you know, and this is pure speculation. And I'm filling in and we'll, we'll see over time what exactly happened. But. And in my vantage view, this is what I believe happened. Like I said, this is just my point, my my opinion. You guys tell me what you think. Is that when Foster, whatever happened between them, he was trying to take his socks. If that portion of the, of the story is true, then he was beating that inmate's ass. Somebody had to come in and stop him from beating on that inmate, which probably were the CEOs or correctional officers. And let's say that this is pure speculation now that he gets in it with the CEOs. Well, between that 
you know, that time frame of with him uh, and whoever stopping him from whooping that that inmate's ass between that time with him getting in a fight and him dying, what happened there for him to sustain injuries bad enough for him to die from? And remember the previous reports, which is not a jump out of reality, uh, really said that to be honest with you, that Foster had got into it with uh, people at the jail. We talking about the correctional officers. So that was indicated on the previous report as well. So it's not a jump in speculation to say that he got into a fight with the correctional officers. And that was a result of him being killed. Let's just say that's allegation. That's just me, not allegation, but that's just speculation on my part is that if it wasn't the inmate, how did he die? Well, somebody had to stop him from fighting the inmate, which was the correctional officers for Glenn Foster could have got into it with them. And they took it too far to subdue him and probably could end up killing him in there. Cause usually when that happens and they start holding all this stuff back like this and all this kind of stuff, that's usually the case when inmates die in prison. If it's not from another inmate and they had some type of altercation with the correctional officers, they usually slow with releasing that information because it has to be that point. Because if it was another inmate, to a degree they're not as liable you get what i'm saying here is a fight between him and another guy and then we were there and then whatever injuries he had with the other inmate he died from but i'm telling you watch how it all turns out in the end is that that's probably exactly that'll be the exact case of why glenn foster he got into it with the correctional officers and it went too far and ended up killing him so i mean this is speculation on my part man but i've heard a lot of shit uh, over the years from st- stories like this before, which is a shame that Glenn Foster, who's doing a lot of positive things in the community. And then he ends up dead, man, when his family was coming to bail him out and then things changed when he couldn't bail him out. Then next thing you know, they took him. It, it, it's weird because I've been watch reading this story and I've been up on this story. They end up taking him to a facility that was way out of the way than where the facility that they wanted to go. They had a closer medical facility that they could have took him to. Now this was coming from the family members that they had. They took him to this other institution, this medical facility where he was pronounced dead, where they could have took him to a closer one to do it. Could it have been done so they could say that we tried to rush him there to give him the best care and he died on our way there. Well, the truth is they have their coroner and I will say to the family of Glenn Foster to have an independent coroner to come in and do your uh, uh, independent a person to come in and do an investigation to find out what really happened. Because like I've said, I've heard stories similar to this before where you had guys that got into it with the inmates and it did and with the COs and they end up going too far and end up killing the inmate in there. So we'll all find out this family eventually, you know, it, it'll all be revealed in time. Cause this story is picking up steam. It really is. And it's so sad, man. So sad. Glenn Foster, man. Uh, so sad. All right. So with that being said, fam, we're going to get ready to bu- uh, buck on that one. But just to do a brief recap, the New Orleans Saints put Mark Ingram on a C-19 list with Cam Jordan. And of course, Taysom Hill and Elvin Kamari fully practiced uh, today. And of course, we talked about uh, Teron Armstead was limited. Davenport was limited today as well. They reactivated or they designated for return Chauncey Gardner Johnson off the IR, which is good news for the Saints defense. Although Ryan Ramchick, knee and linebacker Pete Werner, elbow did not practice. Ryan Ramchick is the guy that I'm looking at because I would love to have him for the game. But at least one of the tackles coming back against the Jets uh, would be uh, idyllic. So 
And of course, Coach Payton talked about in a in a teleconference about possibly going with uh, Taysom Hill, uh, you know, throwing a little stuff out there. And I, I wouldn't go for that. I wouldn't go for that at all. This is an attempt to kind of throw the Jets off of who they got a plan for, either Taysom Hill or Trevor Simeon. I think at some point, Coach Payton goes back to Trevor Simeon and use Taysom Hill in a utility role that he's comfortable with. And, of course, having Elvin Kamara there helps the Saints offense out in so many ways. And, of course, Ingram out, which is uh, bad, but it's not as bad because Tony Jones Jr. is healthy. And remember early on in the year what Tony Jones Jr. and Elvin Kamara looked like together. They looked like a very good tandem after the Saints got rid of Latavius Murray. They had Tony Jones, and he was doing really well in preseason and in training camp running really hard behind that offensive line. And they looked really good together. So hopefully – the Saints go back to Tony Jones Jr. If Mark Ingram can't play in this game because of the C-19 stuff. So the Saints, they give and get, man. It's give and get with the Saints right now. So like I said, I'm anticipating when the game starts, you'll see Trevor Simeon out there operating. And he should have a little bit more success with guys like Elvin Kamara out there. And, of course, the Saints got rid of uh, Kenny Steels, which I, which I was anticipating. Kenny Steels wasn't doing a goddamn thing. Over the last five games, he was basically he, be base, he basically became Kevin White. Who the Saints ultimately said we have two, we can't have two sucky wide receivers on the team. We got Kevin White; he's sucky enough, and the Saints just keep bringing this guy back. So I anticipate the Saints activating this guy when the Jets come around. I don't understand why we keep messing around with this trash when we should have a guy like Sibuquan Baker or Esau Winston or any one of these guys can do. Even the guy we picked up from the Patriots, Perry, Matt, uh, Perry, let him see what he can do. Why are we messing around with this this bum ass uh, uh, Kevin White character? I mean, this guy's a bust. He can't catch. You know, he's dropped all kind of pass. Had one catch the entire year, man. Whoop-de-doo. So, I mean, we talked about that. We also talked about and went over a few things pertaining to the Saints, the injury report. We also talked about the uh, two offensive linemen the Saints added as well to kind of add depth to the offensive line. James Carpenter, the former Falcon and Seahawk, uh, uh, Alabama Crimson Tide player added to the team as well as Gerald Hawkins, a f- uh, former offensive lineman, played with the Steelers. He was drafted by the Steelers back in 2016. And they add these two veteran offensive linemen because the Saints are beat down with injuries in the offensive line. They need some help. And, of course, we talked about the money side of things with the black and gold and how the, the Saints are projected to be over the cap by $61 million for the 2022 season and even gave some options of what the team could do to kind of get up from over, you know, get under that cap situation again, kind of get down up under that thing. So, I mean, we talked about that as well. So, and then of course we talked about the very sad story of uh, Foster of Glenn Foster and what he represented. So this is very sad with him and the whole situation with Glenn Foster. And I'm, I'm telling you family that Glenn Foster situation, we're going to know the truth sooner or later, more sooner than later. But you won't be as quiet on the uh, inmate hurting another inmate to the port to the to death. That kind of is a little bit embarrassing, but it's not as bad, especially in today's climate. When you have a CEO that beats an inmate to death, is that the case here? And of course, the smoke screen could be that they took him. They, they tried to save him or whatever from an altercation that occurred by taking him to the hospital, but he didn't make it to the hospital and the family members is questioning why did you take him to that facility when there was one closer why would you do that and he died on the way that he was pronounced dead once they got him there so i mean it's all very relative in particular in, in 
really strange. It kind of in point in parts of it reminds me for whatever reason of Sandra Bland. And remember they had the footage of her and how some people actually believed, and we don't know if this is true or not that she did was propping her up, you know, for pictures and she was actually dead. So, I mean, this is, it's just one of those things that happened, man, in the world. And in this world, we just got to be very mindful because stuff like that happens, man, but we don't have to speculate sooner or later. We're going to get the truth. We just have to be patient and wait for it. Well, family, that's going to do it for today's show on Pro Radio. TSC, man, we in the building. Recapping Saints News, man. And listen, you can do me a big favor and the platform a big favor by joining Pro Radio, man. That's right. Going to Pro Radio. The link is in the description section below. Go on there and subscribe, man, and uh, help us build a platform, man. We've been doing this stuff for well over five years, man, and more like seven years, almost eight years. Yeah. We started off here, man, in this realm. We're trying to bring it back, man. We have fun doing it. But anyway, I'd like to thank y'all for joining me for this episode of TSC Pro Radio. I'm going to holler at y'all later. Go Saints. Big ups to the family members for supporting the live stream. First and foremost, thank you for all that you've done. I'd like to give a special shout out to all the family members out there that have been responsible for the growth of helping the platform by sharing of the links, as well as many other positive things, shopping at the merch shops. But if you really want to take it to the next level, consider joining our Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash the PRO Media Network. Patreon.com forward slash the PRO Media Network, where you can join up and become a monthly contributor. We have several different options to become a patreon member from a dollar going up so it depends on your level of commitment and we really appreciate what you guys are doing as you continue to see growth and success at the pro media network if you want to ratchet up your support please feel free to become a member at the patreon.com forward slash the pro media network where you have access to lock content the tsc q a live every tuesday at 6 p.m over 20 shows are available right now and also on q with big q where we talk about those real topics and subjects are also over 10 shows of those are available. You can get access to lock content and plus visual respect on our scrolling banners from YouTube members to our Patreon champion. So please feel free to join now at patreon.com forward slash the pro media network. Thank you very much. The who that daily.com. That's right. The who that daily.com. Your one stop shop for everything. New Orleans Saints, New Orleans Pelicans, LSU Tigers, and even the top flight boxing news. So if you're a who that and you're looking for a place to stay up on your team, the who that daily.com is your site. The who that daily.com for the sport who that in all of us. and Pelicans fan, so the only podcast I can get my fix is the Sports Coma with Big Q. The guy's intense, funny, and they always keep it real. Check out the Sports Coma with Big Q and the guys. Are you a boxing fan? Check out Ring Kings Boxing only on the PRO Media Network. Life insurance. What's your excuse for putting it off? Can't afford it? Too much hassle? Think your work coverage is enough? There's a lot of excuses for putting off life insurance, but one big reason why you shouldn't. If the unexpected were to happen to you, who would pay the mortgage, the kid's tuition, and all the other bills? In a time of grief, the last thing you would want is for your family to have to sell the house and struggle to survive financially. 
At Ethos, we could get you covered in just 10 minutes and boom, family protected. Rates can increase the longer you wait, so no more excuses. Take 10 minutes today and discover the modern way to get the life insurance coverage you need. Ethos, fast and easy online term life insurance, up to $2 million in coverage with no medical exam. Some policies as low as a dollar a day. Answer a few health questions and get your free quote at ethoslife.com slash audio. That's E-T-H-O-S life.com slash audio.